Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. And here we go, Raider Nation, back in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio for the full three hours after having a shortened show yesterday due to Aviators Baseball. Unfortunately for JT, he got that treatment today. He got a little bit shorter of a show, but coming off the heels of the JT the Brick Show, always a fantastic job. Of course, he was following, well, Aviators Baseball and the Morning Tailgate uh, here on Raider Nation Radio 920. But we got the full throttle, all three hours for you, and we're excited about that. We're excited about the guests that we have, and more importantly, excited about being able to interact with Raider Nation throughout the course of the show. Demon Cotton behind the wheels of steel. I'm your boy Q. Coming up at 2.30, Vinny Bonsignor. You can hear him on the Morning Tailgate. Of course, you can read all his work on the RJ. We'll talk Talk all things silver and black. We'll talk all things what is going on with the team, what's going on with the team heading into, uh, you know, when they do OTAs and and uh, what to look for potentially in OTAs and the fact that the Raiders made a little bit of a roster move, not a big roster move, but they waived defensive end Brock Martin. He is a guy, according to Vinny Bonsignor, a guy that was an undrafted free agent that the Raiders signed right after the draft. And, uh, of course, they've uh, waived him already. So that could mean that there's going to be a, a, another roster move happening. Somebody be, could be incoming, or maybe they just decided after rookie minicamp that, yeah, he doesn't fit with what we're trying to do. And again, we've said this from the jump, that there's going to be a lot of roster moving and shaking before training camp even even opens up as they're sticking right around that 90-man roster. And of course, they have 91 because they do have the international player that's uh, allowed to be on the roster without counting against the roster. So right now, if it's by my count, and I'm, that's not saying that it's 100% accurate, as we learned on yesterday's show, that uh, I ain't the smartest dude in the world. <laughs> There's a lot that we learned on yesterday's show that I had no idea about. But as a, I think the Raiders are at 89 right now. So, again, they have an open roster spot if my count is correct. So a guy could be coming in or, like I said, they could just decide that Brock Martin wasn't the guy that they wanted and uh, didn't fit with what they needed. And so they moved on from him and are going to continue to you know go through the go through the waiver wires, go through the, the the guys that are available across the league to find another body to fill that 90th spot. Yeah, that's a tough break. I mean, just right after the rookie mini camps because of training <laughs> right. camp. Hey, we got you got film. Well, you you know that can help you get on another team with the work you've done here. But there's no work on film after rookie mini camps. No. Yeah, tough break. But like you said, I think it's all about just securing that 89, that right. 90, just stay, not having 90 set on the roster just yet because it's always moving and shaking. Going. It on. is, and you know, at the end of the day, the only thing that really matters is when they get to the end of the training camp and they have the 53 man roster. But I mean, there's a lot of guys that are on the team right now that know that hey, uh, you know, come the end of of August, I won't be on this team. But uh, they have the opportunity to put in some work, and so a lot of that goes into again the rookie mini camp. It goes into OTAs. It goes into mandatory mini camp like you've always got to be putting in the work and proving who you are or you could this is a tough business you could be moved on from so Brock Martin we got that update just a few minutes ago from Raiders PR they put out a tweet saying that they have waived Brock Martin he'll go through uh, waivers and if a team picks him up they pick him up if they don't then he's a you know undrafted free agent and he's out there uh, available for any team to pick up so a little minor little roster move that the Raiders have made as of today so we'll talk to Vinny about that we'll talk to him about uh, the Raiders rookie class we'll ask him about Marcus Peters if he's hearing anything on the Marcus Peters front all that good stuff will come up with Vinny 
at 2.30. At 3 o'clock, very excited about this guest that we have, Brian Custer from ESPN. He does a fantastic job. This dude is all over, well, he's all over sports in general. I mean, he does play-by-play for college football. Uh, he's big time when it comes to boxing, showtime boxing. There's a big time fight coming up this weekend, Damon, as you very well know, right here in Las Vegas uh, that involves Devin Haney. Excited about that. Uh, he just had Devin Haney on his uh, tail of the tape show that he does, and mm-hmm. so that's going to be fun. Brian Custer is fantastic when it comes to just, even if you just separate him and put him in the fight game. He's a, he, he's excited about that. All over. I think I think it's this been this week. He's been hosting Get Up. Yeah, Get Up. Greeny's yep. on vacation, so right. he's got that job. Greeny's always on vacation. <laughs> and what I mean by that, I, first of all, I mean okay. it. With, I mean it with all due respect. Okay, let me be clear. But Greeny's always on vacation because he's never really doing both. He's never really doing Get Up and hashtag Greeny on the radio. It always seems like it's Canty and Carlin doing Greeny's show, and then it's someone else filling in on Get Up, and then he's you know he's doing the Get Up. But I know the other thing is, is I don't even think he's on vacation, isn't he? He's doing the NBA playoffs, right? Oh, I, I just know that Brian was filling in for yeah, him. I he's thought, been, he's been thought he was out. Week. But he's always – it's so funny, though. Uh, even when he's not doing the NBA playoffs, it's usually uh, Get Up. Get Up is not the one – that uh, he's, he's covering. It's one of the two. It's never both. So it, it always cracks me up that uh, Greeny always has someone else filling in for him. I think that anytime I flip over to our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas, I'll hear, like, Canty and Carlin doing Greeny's show. And then I'll hear, like, uh, Courtney, Courtney Cronin doing Canty and Carlin. And then Joe and Amber. And then Freddie and whoever. And a lot of times it's me. <laughs> you know, but it's like, it's like there's so many different – Greeny taking all these days off affects you. It affects everybody, right? I mean, like, Freddie the other day was, what was he on? He was on uh, Keyshawn J. Will and Max. I mean, you know, it's like, we got to take everybody's names out these shows because you put their name in the show, then all of a sudden they don't show up. So there's that. But, uh, yeah, that, I mean, the other day when when I was on Freddie and Fitzsimmons, it was me and Emmett Golden on Freddie and Fitzsimmons. We, ain't neither one of us Freddie, and ain't neither one of us Fitzsimmons. But here we are. Yeah, the 6 o'clock show just doesn't have the same ring to it. <laughs> <laughs> right? Tune in. Six o'clock sports. <laughs> nah, so anyway, Brian Custer, great guy for ESPN, does fantastic work. He'll join us at three o'clock. We'll talk all things uh, 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 Haney, uh, Lomachenko. That's going to be a big fight. We'll talk the NBA playoffs with him. We'll talk a little uh, NFL action with him as well. At 3.30, Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus, PFF underscore Brad on Twitter will join us to talk about free agents. You know, Marcus Peters is a guy that we've been talking about, but there's other free agents that are out there and available, like a Zeke Elliott, like a Unique Ngakwe, like a Jadavion Clowney, and many others. So uh, just kind of get his thoughts on when some of these guys he thinks will start signing, uh, what kind of money, what kind of contract guys like that should be looking for, like a Marcus Peters. Like, what would a contract with the Raiders in Brad's mind look like, you know, for a, for a Marcus Peters? So we'll dip dive into all that with Brad Spielberger coming up. At 3.30. Then Richard Dice from The Athletic. He'll join us at 4 o'clock on the sports media side of things. And so uh, that's that's a interesting subject. And we've talked about it quite a bit when it comes to Peacock. And they're going to be streaming the, the wild card game. And, of course, there's the Black Friday game that Amazon has. And they have Thursday night football. So you're seeing all these different outlets gaining the rights to these NFL games. You're seeing... Uh, you know, like I said, Black Friday, you're seeing the, the NFL try to take on Christmas. Just the other day, the Pat McAfee show said that they're going to ESPN. There's just a whole lot of different 
moving and shaking going on in the sports media world. And uh, Richard does a great, uh, great job with that. He's got the podcast on sports media. So uh, we're going to talk to him about that coming up at 4 o'clock. Yeah, uh, did you see the YouTube TV controversy? Something like that where YouTube you TV where they just go out and it's just right. playing the Little Mermaid trailer. Can you imagine? I'm glad you brought up that YouTube and, and make sure we bring that up with Richard. Could you imagine as YouTube now has Sunday ticket? Mm-hmm. Could you imagine all of a sudden a game that's super important? It's the fourth quarter and the team is driving and all of a sudden it just goes out like it did in the NBA playoff game last night. Ain't got to worry about that with your regular old TV. Channel 3 ain't just disappearing. Telling you, man, YouTube looked like it almost buried itself last night, mm-hmm. right, with that situation. That was bad business, man. Can you imagine that now being an NFL game? Can you imagine? Let's, let's, let's take it back a couple seasons. Remember that last game of the season in, what, 2021 when the Raiders secured their spot to go to the playoffs? Last game of the season for everybody. <laughs> it was the last game. Remember, it was Sunday Night Football. Yep. Very last game. All eyes were on that. Could you imagine YouTube – showing a game like that to that magnitude, and all of a sudden it gets down to five, six minutes left in the game, whatever the case is, and it goes out. Could you imagine the hell that would be raised by fans, good-paying fans? And that's just the NBA playoffs, and we know that the NFL that's what is I'm saying. Ten, ten times more of that's, that monster. That's what I'm YouTube, saying. YouTube, are you prepared for this? That's, that's exactly what I'm saying. That's my point, man. Could you imagine if that what happened last night was an NFL game? I'll tell you this, man. I'll take you back to when I was a little, little dude, right? I was, I was the original little Q, obviously. I was a little dude, and the NBA, I don't know if it was the finals or if it – I think it was the finals because it was the Lakers and the Celtics were about to come on. And for some reason, and obviously this was just regular cable, it, it wasn't coming on. Like our cable company was out or something like that. My mom – Love her to death. She called the cable company and she was like, look, look, my Lakers are coming on in about 30 minutes. You're going to have to get your S together. <laughs> You're going to have to get this together. There's going to be a lot of angry Laker fans and NBA fans if y'all don't figure out how to get this, this th- together. And her tone might have been a little louder than mine because that's when I knew at that point. <laughs> you know what they say? That's what I knew it was getting real. That's at that point when I knew like, ooh, I ain't the only one who gets in trouble. Okay. <laughs> I like this. Someone else gets in trouble. I didn't know I had a big brother. Cool. (laughs) So, yeah, that's when I knew it was real. And that was many, many, many moons ago. Like I said, I was a little dude at that point. Can you imagine right now with the temperature and the climate of the fan bases of sports now, could you imagine how people would lose their mind if that was a big-time game and all of a sudden YouTube just goes out and you're paying for the Sunday ticket through YouTube? Oh, man, like it would be the outrage and then people demanding refunds. How do you rectify the situation? John Von Tobel, JVT, you know, yeah. does some work on Co-Film Company. He had to go to a PT's. <laughs> just He was just like, I gave up at halftime and I just went to a bar. See, that's just, that's not. Unacceptable. That, that, exactly right. Exactly right. So there you go. So we'll talk to Richard Dice. I'm glad you brought that up. We'll talk to him about all things, you know, kind of the business side, the sports media, uh, where the directions are going. I've asked the question earlier to multiple people. Is there a day and age where you see the Super Bowl on pay-per-view? We'll ask him that question as well. So as you can tell, we got a lot to get to on today's show. Very excited about the opportunity to be with you for the next few hours. Vinny Bonsignor at 2.30. Brian Custer from ESPN at 3 o'clock. Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus at 3.30. Richard Dice will close us up off as, our, as far as our guests go today at 4 o'clock. So with all that being said, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM is brought to you by Paul Law. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. And right on cue, Mama Q texts me and says, thanks a lot. 
<laughs> throw me under the bus, why don't you? I didn't throw her under the bus. I just kept it real. Like, hey, man. Look, the apple don't fall far from the tree. You know, if you ever wonder where I get any of my personality and my, you know, the, the, the way I operate, the way I handle and control myself, I mean, you can look right at her. You can blame her. If it's good, you can you can thank her. If it's bad, you can blame her, right? So <laughs> I, mean, I got to ask, did the cable situation get fixed in time for the Laker game I that night? I think it did. <laughs> <laughs> I think it did. <laughs> if not, I'm sure I'd probably still hear about it. So, yeah, I do believe that that situation took care of itself. But, yeah, I mean, look, again, if you know me and you know my personality, good or bad, you can blame her or you can thank her one way or the other. But, Mom, always appreciate you. And, uh, yeah, there you go. So happy Mother's Day. <laughs> I gave her another Mother's Day gift a few days later, right? That's how we're rolling. But I do want to get into the opening drive. I do have a question that I want to throw out there to you, and it's a question that was posed to me by, I believe someone texted in on my uh, on my Locked On Raiders podcast voicemail line the, the other day, and I thought it would be a good topic to bring to the table because I always love to get the feedback from Raider Nation. And, Damon, I think it's a good question for you as well. What type of production do you think are realistic expectations for the Raiders' rookie class, the rookie draft class? Right, they drafted nine guys. Not saying all guys are going to go out there and participate, but when you look in the grand scheme of thing, like how do you go back and say after this one year that okay, that was a good, you got good production from that draft class? Because I could look back to last year and say okay, Dylan Parham played the majority of the season, so that was good. Thayer Mumford came in, played at times, played pretty well. Okay, cool, that's that's decent. Zamir White didn't really get any burn. Britton Brown didn't get any burn. Butler and Farrell Jr. really didn't do anything. So I, I just say, I look back and say, yeah, that was okay. Right now, if you go to individual players, individual people, you say, oh, Thayer Mumford, third-round pick, fantastic. Right, because I give him a lot of credit, and I think he's going to be a really good player for a long time. So I say, hey, that was a really good pick. But if I look at the grand scheme of the overall class, even though I think the players are good, we just haven't seen it, and you didn't really see a whole lot of production. So if I, if I looked at the class and had to, I don't want to say grade, but if I had to say, you know, what kind of production they gave, i say, oh, it was, it, was, it was okay. It was decent. But if I look at individuals like a Thayer Mumford, i say, okay, that was, that was fantastic. And Not Thayer Mumford, excuse me, uh, um, uh, Dylan Parham. That was, that was fantastic, and Thayer Mumford was, was okay. For me, Maybe it, even good. I don't want to just boil it down specifically to stats because then that would be maybe individual players. Right, and it, yeah, and it doesn't have to be stats, right? It could be just playing time. Yeah, for me, it would be it would be a percentage of the snap counts because I was you mentioned Thayer Mumford and I went back to look at him really quick. He played thirty four percent of okay. the offensive snaps, and I'm like, hey, it's seventh Actually, round that's pick. Better, that's better than I thought. So, yeah. that's more playing time than I thought. I'm glad you did that. Started four games, four out of 17, was available for all 17. Right. Started four of them in 34% of the offensive snaps he played in. Okay. For a seventh-round pick, 34%. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty good to me. That is. So I think that the Raiders got really good value when it comes to the offensive linemen, right? The offensive linemen in 2022's draft class, I could say they got good value with the with the offensive linemen. Running backs, not so much because Samir White didn't get any burn. A lot of that was due to Josh Jacobs, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Josh Jacobs was like, nah, go on, go on, sit back here, youngster. No disrespect, but you ain't getting on the field. Right. And then Britton Brown, I mean, we saw him what on special teams? Yeah. I mean, so that was really it. And then Matthew Butler and Neil Farrell Jr., that's why I've asked about them multiple times. I want to see what they're able to do this year and, and, and if they're able to get on the field this year. Right. Because the, the defensive tackle room has all of a sudden gotten a lot deeper. So they got to compete. So, I mean, if you just judge the whole class, good and bad, I mean, I, I, I guess now that you gave me that 34% for Thayer Muffer, which again is more than I actually thought, I, w- I would say that. It would be tough to say that the production was good because it was only two guys, two out of six. But I don't. It wasn't bad, that's for sure. 
maybe average. Would you put an average? How how would you summarize that then? Two out of two out of the six players had really good contributions, and the other four. So, so would it be average or or, or decent? I'm going to give that a below average, to be honest. Okay. Seeing where That's this fair. team's at and where they need to be. But also when it comes to success for this rookie class, I do think that these are players that down the road, I don't maybe, mm-hmm. excuse me, Michael Mayer may be the only one where day one starter, we expect him to, hey, man, just slide right in. Right. For me, I know, like, just go stat-wise because I do expect him to be on the field a lot. Mm-hmm. That 50 catches, five touchdown range, that's going to be, man, hot you dog, know, he did it. It's funny. Someone, the, the same person who hit me with that text and asked mm-hmm. the question said that they thought he could get, like, 60-plus catches, and I believe it was five touchdowns. And the five touchdowns, I feel, is a lot more achievable for him than the 60 catches. Because I'm thinking, okay, you got Devontae Adams, you got Hunter Renfro, you got Jacoby Myers, you got whoever's coming out of the backfield. And then you got Michael Mayer, too. Is, he, is it really good? You know what I mean? Like, remember when Waller had 100-plus catches, he was the only target. When Renfro had 100-plus t- catches, he was really the only target. I don't know if you can get Devontae 100-plus catches, right, and then also get 60 or 50 or 60 catches for the tight end. I don't, I don't, know, if that's, I don't know if that's really achievable. I think that Michael Mayer, from what we've seen from Jimmy G as we talked about his weapons the other day, I think that Michael Mayer may become that old reliable. Devontae's the best weapon. Right. Devontae every play. Right. But in a bailout, Jimmy G has always been used to, I've got that stud tight end that can at least, yeah. you know, bail me out a little bit. Right. So I do maybe he's not going to be the number one option. No, but I think yeah, that throughout Jimmy G's career, he's mm-hmm. been comfortable knowing that he's got a solid tight end to rely on. So you think fifty catches is possible? Yeah. Okay. I think the five touchdowns is more realistic, only because I think he's a red zone threat, right? Mm-hmm. I think that he'll have a good opportunity to thrive in the red zone. I expect the ball to be thrown into the end zone. At least that's what I'm hoping. If the Raiders listen to me ever in life, right, ever, just one time, throw the ball into the end zone as opposed to throw the ball short and expect someone to make a play and get in. Like that's, I, I want them to do that as little as possible this upcoming year. I want to see that ball fired into the end zone more times than not. You have too many pass catchers. You have Devontae, you have Mayer, you have Myers, you have, I mean, you've got options. Throw that rock into the end zone. There ain't no reason to throw it short and say, hey, Josh, go make a, uh, a play. Devontae, break a couple tackles, make a play. Uh, Michael, bull rush through somebody and make a play. Jacoby, uh, you know, go in and, you know, just, it's, 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 not, it's not necessary. So I guess for me, when they bring the class in, in total, if four players are playing more than 40% of their mm-hmm. snaps, no matter what side of the ball, mm-hmm. or even special teams, that'll be to the success for me. Because I do think that Tucker is going to be, he's going to assume that he's going to take the mantle of the punt returner or kick returner yeah, for the Yeah, he's going to be a special teams ace. See, that's the thing. That's why I don't really put stats on it. You know, like, for example, Byron Young, I think he's going to be a really good player. I think he's going to really help stop the run. If you start to see Max and Chandler eat a little bit more, I may be able to look at Byron Young and say, you know what, that's the Byron Young effect as well. He's playing so well at that position that they're freeing up a little bit, where he's not going to get statistical value out of that. Mm -hmm. But you could see, you know what I mean? It's like the eye test. So if he's all of a sudden goes in and does what he does well, which is stop the run and and has a little bit of uh, ability to get to the quarterback and at least help collapse that pocket, then I can say that that's a success as well, right? But that's that's why I can't really put a number, like a statistical number on that, 
But I, I just have to go with the eye test on it. Yeah, that's what I'm just trying to get. The only statistical number we can look at is just the percentage of snaps. Right. Because, like you said, the stat sheet isn't going to say he, he blew up that gap so the running back had to cut back to the outside. <laughs> right. And that's why Chandler was able to bring right. him down for a loss. T- tackle for loss. Chandler Jones. Yeah. Hey, but that's the Byron Young fight. Like, you can't, you know, so it's, it's that's that's real. I like that. 702-365-9200. We want to hear from you. What type of production do you think are realistic expectations for the Raiders rookie class? You could do the whole class and just kind of summarize what you're looking for. Or you can hit us with an individual player or two and say, hey, you know, like DeMond said, I think 50 catches and five touchdowns is reasonable for Michael Mayer. think that's a little high for me, but that's okay. That's why we ask you. Again, 702-365-9200. Who we got up first? Raider Mac. Raider Mac. All right. Hit us first. What's up, Raider Mac? What's up? What's up, fellas? Hey, hey, uh, Q, I love your YouTube uh, uh, show, man. It's, it's great, man. You know, I've been following that for a while. You know that you do, and uh, it's real good. Hey, I'm with Demond. You can't. I mean, I, I'm. I'm gonna go fifty percent on. It's hard to. You got to remember, these are rookies coming into mm-hmm. NFL. Exactly. It, it, it's really hard to to really um, to because some guys gonna be good at, at the beginning, mm-hmm. and some guys gonna be good later on. So you gotta, you know, because Devontae Adams wasn't good when he first came into. I mean, he was good, but he wasn't the player he was after right. that second or third year. So you you gotta you gotta wait and see. I would say fifty percent because you know there's gonna be some good guys and some some um, some uh, some bad guys. Hey Q, what I was gonna call you? Hey man, let me tell you something. I think is the NFL just went for money in, on, on on this uh, NFL package deal um, Sunday ticket. Instead of going for quality, they mm-hmm. went for the money because I'm going to tell you, I've had problems with YouTube. It went down. But the worst thing is I was watching a game, and, you know, this is when the NFL first started. Uh, I was with DirecTV, and they told me I couldn't watch the Raider game because the Chargers were in our – that's when San, when the Chargers were in San Diego, they wouldn't show the games. Mm-hmm. And we couldn't watch it, and I was just going off. I had to go to a bar and watch the Raider game because they wouldn't, the NFL wouldn't play it. I think it's a mistake that they did it, but look how much money they got. They went right. based on the money. So, YouTube, I'm like your mom. <laughs> hey, y'all better <laughs> come out here and fix this, fix this or we're going to be fighting. Q, I, I, I just think it's. I just think they just went for the money instead of the quality. They should have stayed either with direct or or they could have went with Spectrum or they could have went with anybody else. But, man, it's going to be tough, and it, it, it really is. And, you know, they're giving $100 off right now. <laughs> but they're they as high as um, direct TV was, you know, wanting $400. Mm-hmm. Right. So, Q, and, I, and the last thing I'll let you guys go, hey, um, I'm with I'm with Demond. That tight end, hey man, I watched that kid all year. And even in that game in uh, with the Raiders when um, BYU played them uh, in Notre Dame in uh, in in the Allegiant. Allegiant, yeah, yeah, it was in Allegiant. And man, they they he balled out. I'm I'm not saying he gonna get 50 catches, but I'm telling you, he's gonna he's gonna be a red zone threat, like you said. And I'll let you guys go on that. But tell your mom. Hey, I'm with her. Let's let's let if we don't if that that'd be the worst thing happen you watching a game in the last second and it goes out. I I've been there and and I it's not a good thing. Thanks, Q. Hey, right, thank you, Raider Mac. And you know, I think he what he said best there was the fact that the NFL went for the money and they didn't go for equality. And I did have concerns about that when they made the announcement to YouTube. I was wondering how how is that going to work out? And look, they might work the kinks out before the NFL season. I'll tell you what, they better.
They better. All the blowback that we saw from what happened last night with the NBA playoff game, that if that happened in the NBA playoff game, could you imagine, again, the NFL game being played? You bought Sunday ticket. Like he said, the prices are damn near the same as it was for DirecTV. So give me my quality. I want the quality. If you're not going to get the quality, there's a problem there. So Raider Matt, great call, man. Appreciate you. See, Mom, see, you ain't the only one. You ain't the only one. It's all good. 702-365-9200. Who we got up next? Robert in Portland. Robert, give me something good, brother. Well, Q, I think that Tucker will get about 30, 30 catches because I'm I'm still confident in Renfro. I just think that uh, they're going to they're gonna use him as a dynamic uh, slot receiver. Meyer will get about 40 because I think he's a great blocker and they're going to have him on the right side a lot of times mm-hmm. for that alone. Um, I do like uh, Jacorian Bennett because I think he'll get some, you know, just do the injuries, et cetera. He can play the slot. Uh, Hobbs is going to be, of course, moved around a bit, even though he was really good at the slot in his rookie year. And I like Chris Smith. I think Chris Smith's going to get some uh, playing time. It might be due to Morick um, not, not coming through. Mm-hmm. And I agree with you about Bryce Young. I think Bryce Young – We'll get a lot of a lot more snaps than even maybe Tyree initially, but I think Tyree will ultimately be the most dominant pick of all uh, come the second half of the season. I just I just feel that way because of the need to have uh, you know a change of pace uh, on the defensive line because they're going to be rotating so many guys on that defensive line. I got a question for you. Okay. Uh, I read I read something you know. You remember the days where the A's were drawn. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they were, they, they're writing an article today. Uh, I think uh, Steve Berman wrote it. He used as a justification why the A's shouldn't go to Vegas as uh, the other teams that have gone there um, aren't, very, aren't, they aren't drawing very well, and they included the Vikings. I, I, just, I, I just don't agree with it because he used as a, as a number. Please correct me if I'm wrong. They said they were uh, second from the bottom in attendance, but they didn't mention that the last two years the Raiders are the number one revenue from ticket ticket sales. They're number one. Right. They just don't have as big a stadium, but that's the slant that this uh, athletic article had, just to you know, just to point out how bad the Vegas uh, destination is for the A's versus Oakland. Right. Why do they? Why does the athletic get away with that crap? Well, this and thank you for the call, Roberts. Good stuff, man. And they get away with it because it's it's owned by the athletic, right? And so they can they can say what they want to say, and they can slant any article they want to. And I've always said this as a guy that used to do sales: you can make the numbers say whatever you want them to say, right? You could dance them up and make them say whatever. But I'll tell you, as a guy who's here in Las Vegas, you want to talk about the sports market? It is booming. It is booming mm-hmm. in a major way. I mean, there is there's sellouts everywhere, and if you're not selling out, that means you're not good. Right. I mean, and even the aviators. Right. We just heard the aviators earlier before JT's show. I mean, they've got really good attendance for a triple A team. That's why I'd much rather have the aviators than have the A's. Also, Kelsey Plum said it yesterday in the clip I played before Paloma. If you win, they will come. Yep, exactly right. Simple as that. There's just too many things to do here in Vegas where if you're not winning, they won't go. That's 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 real. But with the A's, they're just such a they're such 
I, I can go on. I, a dumpster I, fire. I can get on my soapbox about them. They they frustrate the hell out of me as an A's fan. They just they haven't done right by the fan base for a very long time. Uh, it, it's just it's it's just wrong, right? Because there was a day that my grandfather used to have season tickets to the A's. We'd go all the time. We were part of the 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 graphic they'd put up on the screen. Three million fans have come through the turnstiles this season. Yeah, I was part of that three million, and it was exciting and it was great. And we saw the Bash Brothers, we saw Ricky, and we and I can go on and on and on. Great stuff. They, they haven't done that in a very, very long time, and that's the problem with the A's. That's why they shouldn't move and go anywhere because nobody deserves to see that blank show that is what they're putting out there right now. Three, 227 is the time. We'll get back to your calls and texts. we got Vinny Bossignor coming up next here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. And it's time to go inside the huddle with Vinny Monsignor. Sponsored by Dos Caras Tequila and presented by the Realty One Group. I just want to know, since we got a little cameo action on the way back, and of course that's that's for our guy Vinny Monsignor, I want to know why our voice guy sounded like his voice was even deeper on that one, right? Did it, it Was it me? Or did it sound like he was taking it back? I mean, Demond, was it me? Did it sound like he was... He <laughs> maybe, was, maybe a little. <laughs> I mean, it sounded like his stones were even a little bit, you know, a little heavier on that one. Like, oh, man, we got Cameo? We got to really bring the stones, actually. Well, when you hear that, you know Vinny Bonsignor from the Morning Tailgate. And, of course, the RJ joins us. And Vinny, Vinny was it me? Or was, or, was, or was our voice guy a little bit deeper? I think it went deeper, yes, absolutely. <laughs> and you know, if there could be, Cameo was it back in the day, but if there could be a band I think that's underrated now, I got to go Cameo because I don't think that uh, that they get the appreciation that they totally deserve because they put out some hits and, and just, it was funk for the sake of funk. Right. No, I agree with you 100%, and I think that they are probably very underrated as far as uh, getting the love these days as they probably should as other bands from back in the day used mm-hmm. to get. But again, Vinny Bonsignor from the RJ and the Morning Tailgate join us here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And Vinny, the question I threw out there to Raider Nation today was one that someone asked me, and that was just about production from the rookie class. And uh, either you could put it in in the whole class or you can look at a couple individuals and say, okay, I think that this is what – this guy should expect or you should expect to see from this guy. But what would you say would be a fair way to, to judge this year's rookie class? Yeah, and I think it's probably some tears going on here, um, you know, because uh, I think Michael Mayer uh, and Tyree Wilson, um, you know, need to get on the field early and produce early and put up numbers uh, early and contribute to, um, you know, this team moving in the right direction, uh, wins, you know. Uh, so, so, and I think that I think both of those players will. Uh, I have a good feeling that both players will be contributing players, um, maybe even in a big way early on. I think a guy like Byron Young, mm-hmm. I don't know if he's going to uh, be a starter, uh, but I do think he's going to work his way uh, into the mix, and I think uh, uh, fans are going to really come to appreciate uh, him. Um, I think on the back end, um, you know, I think that Jacorian Bennett has a chance to get on the field, although, you know, and we were talking about this on the morning show, uh, I think people are maybe sleeping a little bit on Duke Shelley, uh, the, the uh, cornerback that they got from Minnesota. Yeah. And, and the reason I say that is because I think that, you know, the way he finished the season last year after moving from slot to perimeter um, really changed his whole dynamic. But he's got to keep that up, obviously. So if he does, I think the Raiders got a sneaky, pretty good little player uh, uh, there. I think Christopher Smith, the, the, the safety from Georgia, another player uh, that I think can contribute. He just feels like he's got – a nice savvy to him. I'm not sure about the numbers. You know, I would think Tyree Wilson, eight sacks, Ooh. right? You know, um, if, if, he, if he's used, 
if he gets if he earns his his, his way onto the field, I don't think there's any reason why um, he can't be a guy that has you know uh, that closes in on on, on ten sacks or so. Um, you know, Michael Mayer, 47, 50 catches maybe. Um, he, he's got that capability, and this offense is designed, um, you know, to get the ball to the tight end. So uh, if you're looking at numbers, you know, along those lines, uh, I think that those are appropriate numbers and fair numbers for those two players. How would you look at and kind of describe the 2022 draft class? The Raiders only had six guys, and two of them contributed in a major way with uh, Thayer Mumford, the seventh-round pick, and, of course, Dylan Parham, the third-round pick. Parham played just about the whole season, and Mumford, I didn't realize, DeMond pulled it up, played 34% of the snaps, which I was like, wow, that's actually more than I thought he played. So uh, how would you kind of describe those guys and, and that, that uh, 2022 class? Yeah, uh, it's interesting about Thayer because you know he, he played a lot in that um, extra tackle formation that they would put in there um you know uh, he, he started a couple of games too uh when when some situations occurred held his own uh so so i think that he's a player that we kind of lose track of a little bit but who's to say that he's not going to beat out jermaine illuminor for the starting job and maybe illuminor moves to right guard uh and and help solidify that position so there's a lot of different ways that the raiders can go uh, i do expect there uh, to take a step uh in the right direction this year i think the key to the whole thing is the two off, or excuse me, the two interior defensive linemen, um, mm-hmm. you know Matthew Butler and Neil Farrell, and I know, and we've been told, and, and Q, you were there yep. uh, when 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 you know Dave Ziegler was talking about their progress and their work ethic and the fact that they've been uh, consistently over at the facility in Henderson doing what they need to do to position position themselves to be contributing players uh, this year. Do they? Do they, uh, you know, uh, take advantage of that opportunity? I think the Raiders really want them to, and frankly, they really need them to uh, based on, you know, what they want to do with, with, that, uh, with that defensive line and the rotation. So uh, then you go to the running backs, and, you know, no fault uh, of Zamir White. I don't think it was a, it was a talent issue right. um, or even understanding the offense issue that, that didn't get him on the field. I think Josh Jacobs just said, no, young guy, <laughs> I got this. And, right. and there's not going to be any need for, for a rotation or anything like that. Even if you know Josh signs uh, the extension um, or the new contract, I do think that Zamir um, and maybe even a Britton Brown are going to start getting more time. I just think that it's year two now. Um, in order to keep Josh, you know, healthy uh, and, and fresher, um, it, it, there, there, there's probably a good reason, you know, to get the young guys on the field a little bit more and into a, more of a rotation. So I would expect their numbers to go uh, up. So there's going to be a lot of opportunities. For all these guys, and I wouldn't write them off. Is it a star-studded class? Probably not. Um, I think it's more of a you know uh, nuts and bolts type of a class. Mm-hmm. And, and like you said, they didn't have a, a pick until later on in the draft, so that makes a little bit of sense in that regard. But if they could be contributing players, um, the Raiders would take that every day till Sunday. Vinny Bonsignor is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. DeMond's got one for you. We know that the Raiders like to keep things close to the vest, but are there any reports on maybe who impressed the team or performed well at the rookie minicamp? Yeah, uh, and they are keeping that uh, on a uh, on a on a tight uh, little bit of a tight leash. Uh, so I don't know, um, you know, and and I wouldn't read that one way or another, um, you know, good or bad. So, uh, but we're going to finally, you know, we're going to get a chance to see these guys. Uh, what is it next week? I think it is um, for for you know uh, get on the field and and watch them for a little bit. So I'm I'm definitely. Uh, intrigued and interested about that, and and I know that you know you know you're obviously you're going to be looking at Jimmy G. Obviously, you're going to be looking at some of the vet, Jacoby Myers veterans that they brought in. Uh, but I know that I'm going to be watching Tyree Wilson, Michael Mayer, all these young players to see, and and the and the guys that that you just talked about from from last year. Uh, where are they on the progression uh, track? And uh, because again, if they could be 
contributing players that that helps solve a lot of problems but for sure i want to take a look at that rookie class but to answer your question They've been keeping a tight lid on that. Well, one thing that we do know that came out of mini camp, rookie minicamp is Brock Martin was released. Do you think this is just a release in the sake of keeping that roster spot free? Yeah, it sort of looks like that. They're now uh, at 89, well, technically um, 90 with the, uh, with the player that they got through the, uh, the pathway program uh, from Nigeria. But, you know, he's going to be able to stay on the roster, uh, probably most likely a practice squad roster. He doesn't count against the roster. So technically they have 90 players in there. But they have an open roster spot as of right now, unless they've made a move uh, since uh, since they made the uh, you know uh, uh, released the young uh, defensive end from Oklahoma State. So uh, I think that they're going to kind of keep their options open a little bit. Uh, remember, this is a great time of year for them to really take a look at what what it is that they do have, and I think that's why you know, like even with a Marcus Peters, we saw that you know he was in the building uh, in Henderson. Um, you know, and, and I think there's some interest there from from both sides. But I do think the Raiders are kind of in a Let's wait and see to see what exactly um, this roster looks like. You know, they put together this roster for a reason. They want to give it a fair chance to get on the field and see how it works together and what it looks like uh, before making, you know, any other moves. When it comes to new additions, the Raiders also announced their hires for the Bill Wash Diversity Coaching Fellowship. Do you know any more about this program or can shed any light on, is it just basically a summer internship with the Raiders for these guys? Yeah, for now, and I wouldn't be you know surprised if uh, if they stuck around right for, uh, for 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 longer than that. I think it's a great program. Uh, I think it's needed. Um, I think the the more opportunities that that that, uh, that that coaches get, the more people you put into the talent pool is just going to make the talent pool obviously deeper. Uh, and you're probably going to learn some things about some people that maybe you didn't consider. Uh, but because of opportunities, you got a chance to work with them and talk to them and, and see them out there doing their thing. So anytime, I'm, I'm just a firm believer that opportunities, you're going to find something out of opportunities that are given uh, to people that, that obviously deserve it uh, as well. So, um, and I know that you know, the, the Raiders are, have always been about that, and I don't think they're going to be shy about uh, giving responsibility and putting, putting these coaches in positions uh, to really show what they're all about. So uh, I know they're excited about, about the possibilities. I know the, the, you know, the coaches in, 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 uh, that are under or not in consideration but are going to be in the building uh, are ready to take that opportunity as well. Vinny Bonsignor is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. Of course, you can hear Vinny in the morning on the morning tailgate with Lindsey Brown and Clay Baker. Also, you can read all of Vinny's work in the RJ. The Review Journal does a fantastic job with both. Just got a couple more questions for you. Are you surprised that Jerron Harmon has not been re-signed by the Raiders yet? Uh, you know, I think he's there in, you know, maybe, maybe a little bit in, in still in the mix, but you know, if you're Duran Harmon, um, and again, I think part of it is the Raiders want to give as many reps to some of these younger players mm-hmm. right now that, 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 you know, they know what they have in Duran Harmon. Um, so I think getting the young players, the reps right now is beneficial for the team to get eyeballs on those young players. And obviously for the progression of those young players. And I think that once, you, you know, we get out of OTAs, maybe there's, all right, a little bit thin uh, at the safety position. Uh, maybe it's time to give Duran Harmon a call. Or maybe it's like, you know what, we feel like who we have here uh, in the building is going to be able to, uh, to get the job done, and we're going to roll uh, you know, in that direction. If you're Duran Harmon right now, and I would imagine that if he still wants to play, there's going to be a landing spot for him, maybe here with Las Vegas or someplace else. You probably want nothing to do with OTAs right now. Anyway, <laughs> That's you know, true. You're just kind of chilling out, letting opportunities come to you, and kind of sizing things up yourself uh, here uh, after these next couple of weeks, about a month or so. 
Coming up on Saturday, running back Josh Jacobs has his uh, has his little camp here, three hour camp on Saturday. So, uh, is there any movement on the Josh Jacobs contract situation? No, nope, uh, nothing that I have uh, heard, and I you know check in pretty regularly. Um, so, um, you know, I think everything is kind of in a holding pattern. Obviously, uh, it doesn't take um, you know uh, Sherlock Holmes to figure out that. There's a little bit of an impasse in terms of the value of the contract, the money that's involved in the contract. I'm sure the Raiders see it one way, and, and Josh, to his credit, uh, as he should, sees it another way. Um, but eventually they're going to have to find common ground. And, and you know, I, I believe that the Raiders believe that he belongs here with the Raiders. They want him to be here in Las Vegas. I think that that's what Josh wants as well. And usually when, when both sides are motivated uh, uh, to, um, you know, achieve the same objective, you figure it out. Um, it hasn't happened just yet, but I wouldn't freak out about that again. He's another player that does he really need to be out there in OTAs? I don't think so. Um, you know, let him uh, take care of the body, do his thing, and we know that he always stays in shape. He's got a program that he put together uh, these last couple of years that really works for him. Uh, so uh, nothing's being lost right now, but, uh, but I think everybody would uh, breathe a sigh of relief. Uh, when Josh Jacobs signs that uh, that new contract, or if he signs that new contract, July fifteenth, right? That's the date for the long term deal. Yes, exactly. They got to get it taken care of by then, uh, and if not, then uh, that book gets closed uh, in terms of you know him signing a, a new deal. He'll play under the uh, you know was a ten point oh nine million yeah. of the uh, of the franchise tag, and then they'll try to revisit again at the end of the season before he hits free agency or before. They put another franchise tag on, and remember, they've got yeah. that franchise tag for two years. So, um, so technically, they do have them under control for the next couple of years. But I don't. I'd, I'd, I'd be surprised if it got to that point. Hero turned villain. That's what Josh Jacobs would tell you. Hero turned villain. Well, Vinny, yeah. as we wrap this up, man, the final question: What do you think happens tonight in Denver, man? It's the Lakers and the Nuggets. The Nuggets are uh, what five and a half point favorites. The Lakers have put on a hell of a show to finish that game. One almost won that game. How do you think this one shakes out? Yeah, and I think, um, I don't know, I think there's a little bit of false security. I'm, I'm reading, oh, the Lakers figured something out. Um, I don't, I'm not going to go that far. Denver's a really good team, and they're very well coached. I'm a, I'm a big fan of their coach. Uh, and they've got talent. And here's the other thing that, uh, no disrespect to the Warriors, um, but, but I feel like Denver defends. You know, they've got length. They've got size, obviously. Um, they, they play good defense. They get after it. Uh, they're playing in the altitude in Denver. It's a... It's a crazy place to play out over there, and, and you know, the, the conditions when you're the road team with the high altitude um, you know, never helps. So uh, do I think the Lakers can win? Yes, I absolutely think they can win, and part of me thinks that LeBron's not going to let them lose tonight, uh, and they're going to go back to L.A. 1-1, but I would also not be shocked uh, if Denver takes this because I just think they're a really good team that people have been probably sleeping on a little bit, um, and this is their opportunity to show people – Hey, we've been the best team here all along, almost this this whole season. Whether you're talking about the East or the West, uh, it's been a really good team. So uh, they feel like they have an intention of proving that. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the Nuggets go up 2-0 in this series. I'll be excited to watch the game. It's going to be a good one. The Nuggets have been the number one seed for a reason. Uh, they are a really good uh, coach and a really good team, as you mentioned, Vinny. So uh, fantastic stuff. What are you working on? What are you putting out in the RJ that we should be on the lookout for? Yeah, it's a little bit of a uh, you know a little bit of a break here. Whoa, <laughs> right Vinny has yes, a break! Exactly. No way. 
There really isn't much to uh, <laughs> going on. We've done all the, the, the roster breakdowns and the offense and the defense, uh, but I think next week when, when we start actually getting to see them uh, out on the field and actually get to start talking to some people, uh, it'll, it'll rev back up. But, uh, but right now, especially with the Golden Knights, you know, I think yeah. my editors are like, hey, uh, it's a good time to just to, uh, to chill a little bit while, uh, while the Knights uh, you know, own, the, uh, own the front page. Well, Vinny, if you need a story, I can tell you what everyone oh. else is doing. Where's your story about Devontae Adams' story that was in the ringer? Yeah, you know, and I did some. Uh, <laughs> I definitely did some poking around uh, on on all that, and and I think that um, you know, uh, he it's it. There's nothing that's there's no uh, impasse. There's no uh, huge disagreement. I think the I think what people are you know maybe overlooking a little bit is that Devontae literally has a voice in the room, all right, and and the Raiders like it and respect it and want it, um, so they definitely confer uh, with Devontae Adams. But does that mean that everything is in agreement? No, uh, there's always going to be you know uh, this is how I would do it. Uh, I understand that, that that that's why you would do it. So um, he's being honest when he says I think it's great that he's comfortable enough in his relationship with those guys to say, hey, look. You know, we didn't agree on everything, and there's some things that I still am a little bit, okay, I'm going to have to buy into this, and, and he will, and I think that's the key to it all, because I think the bottom line of it is this. I think that he respects the fact that at the end of the day, somebody has to make a decision on everything that gets talked about. Ultimately, somebody's going to have to pull the trigger on what that actual decision is, whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo or Aaron Rodgers or whatever the draft pick was or whatever the free agent you know, pickup was or, or how this offense is going to run. Somebody has to make the decision, the final decision, after everybody talks it out. I think Devontae understands and respects the process involved and then the final decision being made. And then once that final decision is made, I think he's professional enough to say, okay, that was the decision. Now we all got to buy in and go win some football games. Exactly right. And I challenge everyone to find me a workplace that everyone agrees 100% all right. the time. <laughs> exactly. I'll wait. And, right. And, and, and if you're Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels, you don't always want, yes, sir, yes, yep. Yep, exactly. That's a great idea. That's exactly. Great. They, they want conferring thoughts. They want you know to be challenged. That's what the great ones do. And, and there's times where – I'm sure Devontae Adams wins the argument or, or, or his approach was like, oh, you know what, that is a better approach. We'll start implementing that. So this isn't the military where, yeah, we're going to listen to you but not hear you. Right. The, the Raiders listen and hear. And there's sometimes where it all moves together accordingly um, and everybody you know, uh, uh, loves the decision, but there's going to be some times where there's disagreement, and that's not a bad thing. No, it's not at all. Great way to uh, summarize it, Vinny. That was, that was fantastic, and uh, that's why we have you on, my man. Well, I appreciate you. Get a little bit of R&R, and we'll uh, be listening tomorrow morning. All right, guys. Have a good one. I appreciate you. There he goes. Vinny Bonson, you are fantastic work. My man said he's got a little bit of downtime. Unbelievable. Usually for Vinny, that means going out of the country. I think he's about to. I I, got to go back and look at my calendar, but I do believe Vinny's got some vacation time coming up, as most of us do. So uh, very thankful for Vinny for giving us a few minutes of his time this afternoon. 2.49 is the time. We'll take a quick break, come back, uh, close out hour number one, and then Brian Custer from ESPN will join the show. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. On Raider Nation Radio. Went a little long with Vinny Bonsignor, so we'll make this a very short segment. What type of production do you think are realistic expectations for the rookie, the Raiders rookie class, either as a whole or individual players? Sir Whiskey Ray said, Q&D, good afternoon, gentlemen, on this Thursday. Liking today's topic. Here, I think realistically, I can see our rookie tight end, Myers, Mayer, have, catching 
60 receptions, 700 yards, and six touchdowns. He'll be Jimmy G's blanket. Also, I'm predicting eight sacks and three fumble recoveries for our first-round pick, Tyree Wilson, in 2023. He's going to be impact and Mad Max on the edge this upcoming season. DeMond, did you see Vanderpump Rules Season 10 finale last night? That's Sir Whiskey Ray. Phenomenal. Yes, I did. Locked in. Live tweeted it when I turned when I tuned in. Did you really? Yeah. You, you did not I see my tweets at like 930? No, your tweets that I pay attention to are all sports-related. Oh, and, man. Nah, I don't pay attention to any of those other Vander... Anything. Oh, man, Tom's in trouble. Unbelievable. I don't know even know who Tom is. One more quick text. When the A's were really good in the late 80s, early 90s, the entire stadium would be packed an hour and a half before the game time because batting practice was an entire show of its own. Watching Kaseko and McGuire hit balls to the back wall in dead center never got old, and it's a travesty to see ownership not even try to win or be entertaining at all. That's from the 707. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I loved going to batting practice Early, early, early get there at the Coliseum and watch those dudes just go at it. Fantastic stuff. 255 is the time. Brian Custer joins us next. It's Radio 920.